This is episode 85. This time in all hazards, an all of government exercise that catches participants off guard. Notionally, this was a uh, extremist group who detonated a uh, 10 kiloton worth of TNT equipment, but it was a dirty bomb. The Bay Area suddenly becomes the scene of a terrorist attack and puts first responders through the paces. When you add a nuclear component with a structure collapse, number of large, you know, live casualties, deceased casualties, uh, having to deal with that, you don't know how to plan. Kind of at the will of what we see is what we get. It's an unlikely event, but if it were to happen, it would be catastrophic, and firefighters would need all the training they can get. And that includes working side by side with unfamiliar faces. Most of your fire career as a firefighter, you're probably not gonna deal directly with the National Guard. Today they are, FBI. When you go through the fire academy, you say, oh, I can't wait till my first incident with the FBI. You never even think about it. Today they're thinking, wow, how do we handle this? All this happens under the watchful eyes of experienced evaluators. This training is not a competition, but the stakes are high in the real world and back at the firehouse, so you better perform up to expectation or else. The famous uh, kitchen table in the firehouse, the whole world's problems get solved there every night. So you better be ready to take some Razzie three times a day during meals, you know. We're inside the incident commander tent with Cal OES Assistant Fire Chief Joe Deere at this year's Sentinel Response Exercise, which just wrapped up a weekend of training right now. All right, here we are. Let's get it going. We are bringing this episode of All Hazards to you from the Concord Naval Weapons Station. We're here for the Sentinel Response 2021. That presumes that there was one or many more prior to this. <laughs> and uh, joining us is uh, Cal OES Fire Chief Joe Gear, who is also the Incident Commander for Sentinel Response 2021. Joe, welcome. Thank you so much, Sean. Appreciate hey, being here. Yeah, I'm happy that you're taking your time. Uh, uh, out of your day to come here and sit down with us. So um, this is something we had this, what, about a year and a half ago when it was out there at Sleep Train Arena? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2019, about two years ago. Okay, about two years ago. So uh, did COVID get in the way of 2020? Exactly. Okay, so we just couldn't exercise then because of the pandemic. So right. here we are. The prior version, uh, the 2019 version of Sentinel Response there at... Uh, Sleep Train Arena in Sacramento was a really large event, very complex. There was a lot going on. It involved uh, a nuclear element, a radiological element. Is that the case here? Yes, same, same uh, concept here. The, notionally, this was a uh, extremist group who detonated a uh, ten kiloton. Uh, worth of TNT equivalent, but it was a dirty bomb. There was radioactive materials in it. Um, it hit without, you know, any idea that it was coming. Unlike at Sleep Train Arena where it was detonated inside the building, this one was detonated on the outside. So we have widespread dispersal of radioactive materials, uh, significant structure damage. Um, we're not sure the stability of some of these buildings, so they're carefully going through them, searching. We also don't know if there's any other embedded devices inside the structures. So originally the thought was this was going to be in the downtown, or well, San Francisco, presumably downtown. But then they changed the 
concept to be a rural, you know, not a rural area, but a less populated area, such as Concord. And uh, so th they uh, definitely made some damage when they did it notionally. Okay, so the fact that it is outside this time, whereas before it was inside, that arena was able to contain a lot of that radiological element. Now we're outside, the wind is blowing, so that's right. something to consider. Exactly. Okay, so again, we're talking about sentinel response, okay? That is an exercise. How often is this exercise done? Uh, right now we're doing them, trying to do them every year. Um, they, it depends on funding. Uh, COVID got in the way last year. Um, sometimes fire season has gotten in, in the way. Uh, we used to do exercises in the fall, but we found out that wasn't working because of fire season. Mm -hmm. So now we bumped it up to springtime. And uh, it's all the uh, brainchild of uh, Philip White, who is the retired fire chief of South San Francisco. He's a USAR guy, been there, done that. He was uh, all over the country with the USAR team. He was a plans section chief on that. And so Phil uh, went to work for Bay Area Iwasi after retirement. And uh, the five counties in Bay Area Uwasi, uh funded annually for an exercise. Uh, but with budget cuts and other things going on, that's no longer being done. So uh, Phil's kind of begged, borrowed, and, you know, for everything he could get. So he put this together, and it's not quite on the grand scale like we had at ARCO, but, or sleep train, but it's um, still a good exercise. The Navy's been very cooperative with us letting us use this facility. Uh, it's slated for destruction. Uh, it's a super fun site. So uh, the city of Concord was planning on taking it over and putting city offices and some housing out here, but they got a lot of ground cleanup to do. I see. So, uh, but we are, we do have just like we did at uh, Sleep Train, we do have nuclear sources around. Okay. So that as they're doing their sweeps and everything, they will get live hits that uh, cesium or something's there. It's very, very, you know, pico amounts yeah. of it. But uh, but enough to trigger. Yeah, it wakes them up when yeah. the alarm goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so you know where the bodies are buried, so right. to speak, but nobody else does. <laughs> no, it was, we kept everything really quiet. Just the planning staff, we were the only ones that were okay. privy to it. Yeah. So the importance of doing an exercise like this, maybe what we do is we start off. I know you mentioned Uwasi, Bay Area Uwasi. We actually do have listeners who aren't in this world. Right. So explain what UASI is. UASI is uh, Urban Area S Strategic Initiative. Okay. Uh, it was basically a program started uh, with some federal funding several years back for uh, urban areas to be ready and be prepared for whatever disaster would strike. Um, it could be, you know, a bomb, a terrorist bomb. It could be a significant, you know, mid-air collision of, you know, jumbo jetliners that come down on a residential or a business area. Okay. Uh, it's really just kind of think of the worst thing that could happen and how you would react to it. And then let's put it into action, simulate it, and have some buildings that, you know, fortunately the naval base is letting us use these buildings. Yeah. And uh, Thanks to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of places to hide in there. Lots of things to hide. Mm -hmm. uh, CHP was out here yesterday with canines. They did a big sweep of the large administrative building right across from us here. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so it's putting uh, everything together because when the when the big one hits, you know, uh, wildland fires, yeah, they hit. We've got kind of a plan in the back of our mind how we're going to address those. But when you add a nuclear component with uh, structure collapse, uh, 
number of large, you know, live casualties, deceased casualties, uh, having to deal with that. Uh, you don't know how to plan. You know, with, you can do some forecasting on fire with you know fire weather forecast. Mm -hmm. uh, here we're just kind of at the will of what we see is what we get. Okay, so let's talk about let's set the scene. Let's set the scene for the listeners. Um, this is an old naval station. Right. Very, you from, can drive around and you see the buildings. They're dilapidated. Yeah, it's, it's from World War II. Yeah, yeah. Very old, and uh, it's time for it to renew. That's right. <laughs> it's time for it to live a second life. And uh, the fact that we're able to use a very large piece of this property uh, is fantastic. Like you said, the environment is varied. Describe... Just briefly, because you've been around it much more than I have. Describe the scene for us. How, how many acres are we talking? What kind of buildings and land and whatnot? Uh, yeah, acreage, I would, uh, I'm guessing here, we're probably close to a thousand acres that we're dealing with, okay. which would be a couple square miles. Okay, total, but not for the exercise oh, or for the exercise? Uh, for the exercise. For the yeah, exercise. we're spread wow. out all over the place. Wow. And uh, we have a bunch of, uh, there was a, large rail uh, yards that came into here once upon a time because it's a naval weapons station. So the concept was they would uh, bring the ordnance in here, uh, offload it, store it, load it on ships that come into the bay, and then send them back out. So some remnants of those uh, rail lines are still here. So it gives us the ability to simulate a, a leaking rail car of hazardous material. Um, we have uh, some old naval shops, uh, some old uh, warehouses. Uh, different things like that we're getting into. Uh, we're doing some indoor and outdoor scenarios with those. Uh, we have quite a bit of uh, heavy lifting going on. Uh, vehicles piled on top of each other with casualties inside them. Uh, we have a bus that's involved with multiple casualties. Hmm. Um, then we also have discovered some drug labs. Uh, oh. A couple of those in operation here because theoretically these buildings were being used for something prior to the bomb. Well, there's some in, inherent uh, hazards inside those for sure that we've suddenly you know thrown a uh, wild card into the deck here so are we talking possibly a meth lab meth lab meth exactly lab. Okay. yeah we know yeah. how volatile those can be it very absolutely yeah. very more on the way with joe gear incident commander at sentinel response 2021 from the challenge of meth labs mass casualties and an all of government response now throw in live radiological elements into the mix, and first responders really feel the heat of the exercise. Suddenly their meter goes off, and you'd see people do a tap dance real quick, trying to zip up, tape up, get everything closed on them, because they've got a hit of a real live radioactive source. They're relatively harmless, but it turns up the pressure for sure, as do the presence of military, the federal government, and other unfamiliar partners. Most of your fire career as a firefighter, you're probably not going to deal directly with the National Guard. Today they are. FBI. When you go through the fire academy, you say, oh, I can't wait till my first incident with the FBI. You never even think about it. Today they're thinking, wow, how do we handle this? That and more as we continue our conversation with Joe Gear, Incident Commander at Sentinel Response 2021, which just capped off a weekend of training. So this exercise takes place over how many days? Two, day, two days. It'll two be days. today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. Thursday and Friday. So the goal is is to what? What is the goal? What is the, the ultimate end result of this thing? It gives us uh, several 
things that we're looking for and several things we can do. Number one, we're introducing live fire crews. These are firefighters with real equipment out here uh, drilling today. Um, let them be exposed to something they may have never seen or maybe never even anticipated ever seeing in their career. Uh, none of them, they knew they were coming to an exercise. They had no idea what it was going to be. Hmm. When they got here, they found out. And we're making it as realistically realistic as possible. Uh, for example, you'll see some of them running around in Tyvek suits that uh, simulate the actual hazmat response suits. Um, they're a lot, not quite as heavy. You don't have the respiration equipment they would normally have. But uh, Ty Tyvek can get very hot on the inside. Yes, it can. It doesn't fast. breathe, does it? Yeah, it doesn't breathe at all. <laughs> it doesn't breathe. So we have them doing that. They're also working with departments they may never have worked with before. And that's what I'm noticing already. In just a couple hours I've been here, I'm noticing that a lot of these agencies are mixed. Right. They're mixing up together. We're having to work with each other. Right. And there's even, I mean, there's a crew here from Sutter County, from outside a region, mm. too, you know, north of Sacramento. And uh, they're here because they have an OES hazmat unit. So we are exercising uh, OES hazmat units. Uh, a lot, so they, you know, do come, you know, some of them do come from outside this region. Mm -hmm. And then we also have uh, several hazmat rigs or rescue rigs um, that are coming in uh, who normally, they don't always play in a mixed environment with other departments with whom they don't normally work or with the, whom they're not familiar. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a cross-pollination. And then when they get in here and they start discovering drug labs and other volatile hazards and this type of thing. Then we also have law enforcement participating with us. We have the FBI here. Oh. Um, we also have OES law enforcement here. And um, so, and, and the National Guard, of course. So most of your fire career as a firefighter, you're probably not gonna deal directly with the National Guard. Good, good likelihood you never mm. will. Today they are. Mm. FBI, rare you would ever when you go through the fire academy, you say, oh, I can't wait till my first incident with the FBI. You never even think about it. Yeah. Today they're thinking, wow, how do we handle this? Wow. And uh, so it's giving everybody an opportunity to think. It's best to think and learn from your mistakes in this environment than if something like this were to really happen. Plus it builds confidence. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I experienced this during the Sentinel response exercise and, and uh it's not going to catch me completely off guard. I have some awareness of what this is all about. Right, exactly. Yeah, because coming in, they don't know what it is. And we, we discovered this at the last Sentinel responses. We had uh, traffic cones inside the floor of a sleep train. And those had little signs on them that I am such and such, you know, volatile material or radioactive material. Yeah, they kind of walk up, scan their thing. Yeah, okay, I'll pretend like that's really what it says it was. Uh, and you go to another one. Then all at once, we had some live sources in there, like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Suddenly their meter goes off, and you'd see people do a tap dance real quick, <laughs> trying to zip up, <laughs> tape up, get everything closed on them, because it, it, they've got a hit of a real live radioactive source. That's right. And thanks to our partners at Lawrence Livermore National Labs, they were able to uh, give us some very weak elements that they are here controlling. Yeah. But um, it kind of wakes them up. And we're doing the same thing today. They're coming across some stuff that, wow, you know, I didn't know that was there. I bet their heart skips a beat when that... Oh, it would, it would, definitely. <laughs> I could not even imagine. 
<laughs> oh, boy. Well, there is a lot out here, and um, I won't be able to, you know, talk about or show everything that, that's going on out here. But uh, if you go to uh, this post on oesnews.com, uh, click on the podcast sections, you will actually see some photos that we took out here. Uh, there will be a nice little slideshow for those folks who are curious about what it looked like out here. We're going to have that. Getting back to the exercise itself and watching what's going on, I'm also seeing folks out there with clipboards who are just right. kind of standing back watching. Right. Who are those people? We have evaluators um, who uh, are firefighters, people who are experienced in whatever they're evaluating. They're very experienced in that. Um they are uh, actually coordinated through the California Fire and Rescue Training Authority, which uh, one of my other duties is assigned at OES. I'm the executive director of that. It's a joint powers authority uh, formed uh, primarily to uh, do USAR training and uh, different other fire classes. And we've kind of expanded over the years. Uh, we're doing you know, driver operator 1A, 1B investigations. We're doing a, kind of a more of a full service fire mm. um, approach, but we work closely with the USAR team statewide. And uh, normally uh, we, Nicole Paskey, who's at the, the fire JPA, we call it the JPA, uh, she nor would normally be here coordinating uh, all the, with all the, you know, evaluators. They would, you know, submit their reports to her at the end of the day. She'd be sitting in here typing like crazy. Uh, however, due to a sick child this weekend, mm. uh, they're all going to be emailing their uh, oh. everything to Nicole. She's going to okay. work on it from home. So this okay. would be, you know, another emergency we didn't plan. That's right. Chick the, sick child. This can really happen. Yes, exactly. So how many different agencies do we have out here approximately? Ooh, golly, I would... Uh, just off the top of my head, I really didn't count them this yeah. morning. I would say probably 15 to 20. Okay. All right. From this region? From this region, yeah, okay. with the exception of uh, you know, the, the some of the OES hazmat units like Sutter County. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the, the hazmat units assigned to them much as we do our engines, where we assign, equip, give them uh, the unit. Uh, they can run it on local response calls um, as much as they need to. Uh, if they have mutual aid call, like in an adjoining, adjoining op area, they can most certainly take it in there without being assigned to us. The catch is, is when uh, we have an emergency and we need to pull them into the state system, then they agree to staff it and respond, and OES will cover all their costs in that. I think that's one of the successes of the California mutual aid system, for, for sure. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many engines I've seen come to Mather right. and then... Uh, you know, the ceremonial handing off of the keys. Right. Here you right. go. Godspeed to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Send us a note once in a while. That's right. <laughs> Tell us how our baby's doing. <laughs> For real. We're about to wrap up our conversation with Joe Gear, Cal OES Assistant Fire Chief and Incident Commander for Sentinel Response 2021. First responders spent the weekend exercising a unique scenario. Get this, a dirty bomb explodes in Concord, causes mass destruction and mass casualties, and contaminates the area with radiation. It's serious training, but when it's over, if you didn't perform up to professional expectations, your team will certainly let you know. The famous uh, kitchen table in the firehouse 
The whole world's problems get solved there every night. You better be ready to take some razzing three times a day during meals, you know. Back to Joe Gear. So they're evaluated. What does this evaluation mean to them? What they do is they, they take a very objective look. And these, like I said, the evaluators for the most part are very senior people, a lot of experience. And they will do a very honest, in-depth critique and evaluation. It's not to make anybody feel bad or say, oh, you know, your department doesn't do anything right. It's more as a, as a learning tool. Okay, not competitive. Not competitive at all. Okay. You know, there's no prize for whoever, you know, mm -hmm. gets the best score or whatever. Yeah. But it's basically to sit down and share and hear what other people think about how you and your team are doing the job. Mm -hmm. And it's something you can walk away with. And a lot of times evalu evaluators will give them some suggestions as to how to train in the future to train their personnel so that when the real one happens, they'll have a lot of people ready to go. And it works out well. The fire, the fire service is kind of unique in that um, it, you can always honestly tell another firefighter what he or she, how you think they're doing. And there's no offense taken. You know, it's like, okay. It's part of the culture. Part of the culture, exactly. And mm -hmm. the other thing was is, you know, the, the famous uh, kitchen table in the firehouse the whole world's problems get solved there every night, you know, and so you better be ready to take some razzing <laughs> at every, three times a day during meals. You oh, know? boy. And it's just the way it is. Firefighters, I mean, you have to live as a family. Yeah. Brothers, brothers and sisters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. 2019 was in Sacramento. Do you have these response exercises in different portions, different regions of the state every year? We have uh, MOBEX, mobilization exercises for USAR, uh, up and down the state with the, we call them the, the grade eight. There are eight uh, state national USAR task forces. The equipment is owned and provided uh, by FEMA. Um, in California, California is the only state that is part of the agreement with local government. The other 20 task forces nationwide are directly between FEMA and that local government agency. Here in California, OES is a third party in the agreement. And because of that, they have you know responsibility. They agree to respond to anything in the state, that California, that OES asks them to do. So uh, OES uh, set aside money. The legislature appropriated money. Uh, I mean, I want to say 1997. And to start training and drilling these MOBEX, have a MOBEX, mobilization exercise, just to see how well these people can get out the door, get going, uh, make things happen. Uh, the task forces are very large. They have a huge footprint when they get there. They have literally semis full of equipment mm. um, that they bring. They bring uh, their personnel. Uh, they have to charter buses. LA County actually has their own uh, inner city transit bus that they own themselves. Everybody else have to charter buses to actually transport all the personnel they need. So we do two of those every year. So every four years we evaluate uh, two of the eight task forces. And we do those around the state. As far as an exercise such as this, the one we're at today, this is pretty much unique to uh, Region 2, to the Bay Area. Okay. okay. There's been talk, uh, Region 4 has talked about it in and, in and around the Sacramento area. Uh, Sacramento Fire Department and Sac Metro Fire District 
are both members of the JPA uh, that I mentioned that with OES where we do the evaluations and set up these MOBEX exercises. So mm. there's been some talk, there's been some minor ones, but nothing really on this scale. Okay. And I think a lot of the reason this one's so successful is Phil White. Okay. The guy's an excellent planner. How did the Sentinel Response 2019 get started if this is primarily a Region 2 event? They originally started with uh, planning a venue somewhere in Region 2. Then as time went on, he had some more and more interest, and suddenly the old sleep train popped out in everybody's mind. Mm. And uh, City of Sacramento, I don't know if they own the building now, but they certainly control it. And um, Sacramento City Fire Department is one of the grade eight. They are a sponsoring agency for uh, uh, what they call FEMA California Task Force 7. And so they said, well, we have access to this great structure. If we, you know, would you like, if we can play, would you like to word spread, word spread, word spread? And it was um, a lot of different. We had, you know, two of the grade eight in there that were exercising with some OES money. Uh, but the rest of them were all there pretty much on their own nickel mm. just for the opportunity to be there. And as you recall, you were there. And uh, that was uh, that's one of the best exercises in my that was excellent. Nearly 50 years in public safety that I've we ever had, seen. And the, the, the quote-unquote victims, the, the moulage team. Right. Uh, there were a lot of, of quote-unquote victims. Oh, there were. And, and they were very realistic. Oh, they, I had to do a double take on a few of them. Uh, no. you know? I know. They had, it was like a Hollywood scene. Yeah, it really a was. A Hollywood movie set. Right. Um, they were, every time I'd come out of an elevator, come up a stairwell, there was a victim. Okay. Right. Okay. And it's like, are you okay? Yeah. How long till like get to move around a little bit you can stretch go ahead and stretch you're fine they've been laying there for three hours right some poor guy <laughs> yeah you can stand up for a little bit then lay back down you'll be fine uh well this is really this is really something to see and i i wish everybody could see what goes on here right you you've you've got quite uh quite a handful out here now here's the thing is in addition i had mentioned the photographs that we're going to have we're also going to produce a video, which by the time this podcast, this podcast episode posts, that video may already be done. So if you go to, again, like I said before, you go to oesnews.com, click on podcast, you'll see the notes for this podcast as well as the audio player, but you should also see a video link. So you'll be able to see uh, video from, from this event. So. I'm looking forward to putting all this together, and uh, it's kind of like time travel because I'm talking about it now as if it hasn't happened. Right. But by the time this posts, it will have happened. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, anything else you'd like to say uh, with regard to the exercise? Uh, um, the only thing I'd like to say is thank you for being here. Um, my pleasure. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, allergies are getting me out oh, here on this too. wind. Uh, you know, as, as an OES employee, I really appreciate you being here because it helps us to publicize what all of our partner agencies around the state are doing, but it also kind of lets folks know that OES is partnering and we're out here in the dirt with them mm -hmm. making it happen. Tax and, dollars are getting put to good use. Right, exactly, exactly. So um, so we appreciate you being here. We appreciate uh, you doing the podcast. And Thank you, Joe. Look forward to working with you again on future ones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I enjoy coming out here and hanging with you guys and participating when I can and uh, just taking pictures and video and telling the story when possible. So 
Joe, thanks very much. John, thank you so much, buddy. You Appreciate betcha. It. Joe Gear, Incident Commander out here at Sentinel Response Exercise 2021. So again, we'll have photos and a video from this year's exercise, as well as links to our stories and podcasts from Sentinel Response 18, which it was, in fact, in 2018 when the exercise was held at Sleep Train Arena. Not 2019 like we thought. Time flies, we didn't have notes with us, and of course, memories fade, apparently. So again, thanks to Joe Gear for taking the time to sit down with us and chat with us about Sentinel Response 2021. And thanks to you for taking the time to listen to our little occasional podcast. Hey, if you like All Hazards, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, maybe where you're listening to it right now. And if you have, thank you. And of course, remember to wear those masks when walking around in public, folks. We still have a pandemic to deal with. And the best thing you can do, of course, is wear those annoying masks, you know, when you're in public and of course, when you can't socially distance. It does help. Together, we can stop the coronavirus and gosh, get back to living life the way we used to. You remember that? How nice would that be, for sure? Well, for everyone here at Cal OES, at the Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.